0: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Show on the 42.ie, coming at you live here on Facebook from our newsroom in Dublin. Well, uh, coming into today's decisive Lions test, we were warned that immortality beckoned uh, for this prop of 2017. It, it may not have quite come to fruition, but I guess the Lions did prove that the greatest team in the history of rugby are mere mortals after all. My name is Gavin Casey and I'm delighted to be joined, as per usual, by our man on the ground. Today he was in Auckland to witness the madness. It is the man himself, Murray Kinsella. Murray, what the hell happened there? Yeah, still wrapping
1: my head around it here. And I think uh, some of the players are as well kind of the uh, amused looks on their faces, coming in with a beer in hand, not knowing whether they should be celebrating or kind of ruining a, a missed opportunity. I think there's a bit of both for both teams that both feel they had chances to, to go and win that Test Series. And the final whistle said it all. Um, I think some of the players didn't actually know what, what what was going to happen. Some of them thought there might actually be extra time. They hadn't really, you know, as a professional role player, you don't think about these kind of uh, games in terms of possibly drawing and it was just it was just bizarre and it just summed up a crazy but brilliant game of rugby
0: absolutely absolutely mental scenes towards the end you mentioned there the players thinking that there was extra time like that was what was striking about the final whistle being blown because it seemed that, to be honest it seemed as though even roman Poit was a little bit indecisive with his final whistle like there was over a minute elapsed uh beyond 80 minutes he blew the whistle sort of tentatively the players were sort of looking around it was subdued so and then you hear sam warburton in his certainly in his post-match interview with the sky sports over here was saying well i didn't know where, where we're we going to go to extra time what was going to happen uh, jonathan davis mentioned a potential replay i, I don't know if parky quive is going to be open in time next sunday but incredible that they just didn't really know what was going on
1: yeah it's, it's incredible that the, the series can end that way really i think we're going to definitely see a change in that regard um, even post-match, we're talking to Warren Gatland and suggesting maybe they play again in November. Um, wow! Another match, another match, and he said, "Yeah, why not?" Uh, he was joking about the Premiership players obviously not being released for that. <laughs> but um, I think that's a bit tongue-in-cheek. But I think there's a there's a genuine point there. We'll need to see a change because I don't think in this day and age a, a drawn series is satisfying for anyone. I think all the players, given a chance, would have played again or even played a bit of, a bit extra time. Although I don't think Todd Furlong was too keen. He said it's legs were cramping up and the front row union maybe would have been against it (laughs) but what I think we're going to we're going to see a change in the future I think we're going to see something happen whereby it it doesn't happen again a a drawn series really really rare obviously um and definitely needs to change on Yeah, that.
0: big time, because I think the last one was 1955, but they did change it slightly in the sense that that was over four games. They drew that series two all. The idea of moving to three games, I thought, was to find a conclusion, but I guess they just, they, they just didn't legislate for the possibility that a team would win a test each and then draw the last one or one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah and that says it all, I don't, think we cons- I don't think we really considered the Lions coming back into this. when When they lost that first test, I think we all felt is going the way very much we thought it had and possibly a 3-0 Test Series uh, win for the All Blacks, so uh, a lot of credit goes to the Lions, they've they drawn but they've, they've actually achieved something quite um, remarkable over here by beating the All Blacks um, at home, first time they've been defeated here uh, since 2009 in that second Test um, and, and then drawn the series. It's, it's a really, really strong achievement from Gatlin again and he has his critics and people question every single decision he makes. Um, he's come out with the last laugh and he actually came into the press conference today just after the game with a, a clown's red nose on um, and half about that and he spoke again about having had those kind of personal attacks on him a bit and how disappointing that was but yeah he's a, he's a spiky character he's well up to have a laugh and I think he's done a good job here again it's, it's a really hard job to bring people together that like quickly in six weeks and, and he's certainly achieved that and, and it gave us um, a, a brilliant test series which is what the Kiwis wanted too and, and they're all delighted as well obviously they're, they're not too happy not to have won it but they're just thrilled with how this whole seeing uh, this whole uh, event has gone and and the magnitude of it probably bringing in quite a lot of new fans to rugby as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I I suppose you mentioned there that the Kiwis being disappointed. Maybe it hasn't quite hit home yet what's happened, but I'm maybe slightly surprised that there wasn't more of a backlash towards that decisive penalty or non-penalty towards the end uh, where Roman Poit changed his mind, ultimately. We were trying to make sense of it here in the office. We were looking at uh, footage of it. It's up inside at the moment, where we were trying to see if, if Sam Warburton had maybe influenced his decision. But it just it seems kind of inexplicable. Firstly, what were your thoughts on the incident? And I might ask you a couple more things on top of that.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was, um, I thought he bottled the decision. I thought the All Blacks should have had a kick of goal. Um, I'd say Bowden Barrett was almost probably a bit relieved he didn't have to take that shot. He's wobbly probably off the tee again. Um, But I thought it was a penalty, I I thought it was a pretty disgraceful decision actually. He he backed out of it in a big moment. I think at any other stage of the game, it would have been a penalty straight away, no questions really asked. And I think everyone would have accepted. Now we're getting people looking at the law, saying is it 11.6 in the rule book, whereby the player can't avoid uh, getting in the way of the ball. To me, uh, Ken Owens could have avoided actually making contact with the ball. He he reaches out and it's instinctive, he didn't decide I'm going to prevent the All Blacks from playing here. But that's the, the law of the game. He prevented the All Blacks from getting a possible advantage. And maybe the maybe the thing is we need to look at that law because it does happen very often, and you go, that's so unfair on the player. It's it's just instinct. But it it was a penalty for me. It was a penalty. uh, It was a knock-on, and a player picked it up, preventing, or he he reached for it, preventing the opposition gaining an advantage. So I thought it was a penalty, and I thought they should add a a shot at goal.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And like, what struck me was the fact that, as you mentioned, he reaches out, he actually does catch the ball momentarily. Um, and he makes a conscious decision to drop it because he realizes what he's done. So, like, yeah, the, ca- the catching of the ball or the gathering of the ball might have been instinctive, but ultimately, like, you can't really put that down as, as an accident. It, it wasn't accidental, you know, it, it was, uh, as we said, subconscious. So it's just baffling. But, like, I don't know if you've heard anything from over there, like, as to why Roman Poit would have changed his mind. I mean, you, you tweeted yourself actually that it, had it happened at any other point in the game, you would have stuck with his decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get a chance to, to speak to Romain Quad, obviously. He's the only one who can answer because they, they went to the TMO review um, and he actually kind of clarified that this is a penalty. You know, Georgia you gave him that feedback. This is a penalty. He, goes, he says, again, this is a penalty. And he goes across to awarded it again for a second time and suddenly changes to a scrum. Um, I think there's been some suggestion that one of his assistant refs was maybe getting in his ear suggesting um, that it was, a, it was a, an accidental offside. but. It was just an easy out. It was a big decision at an important time in the game. And look, everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Especially um, in those in those heated moments at the end of a game. And um, I, I just, yeah, for me, it was the wrong decision. And I can understand why the All Blacks would be very angry about it. They handled it really well after the game. You know, Steve Hansen made it pretty clear that he's got this decision wrong. He said, "We we all know what should have happened," but he didn't quite openly criticise him, and he didn't keep the the defeat just on that moment he said we had chances to score and that's absolutely true I actually thought the All Blacks should have been out of sight in that first half they had an incredible number of chances um, and to me it felt like the lines were barely clinging on even after five minutes you know Julian Sevea drops the ball cold on the left wing when the try line's just waiting there for him Um, so those things were as big but if you're going to if we're going to talk about that penalty for me, it, it was all wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time. I think a lot of people would agree with that as well. Um, we uh, obviously, as per usual, have a couple of comments for you over there, Murray, from people watching at home and people who've been in contact earlier today. So cheers for that. Um, I might start with this one from. I or 1111 uh, love the usernames on the 42, I'm still getting used to them, by the way, but he says, or he or she says, hi, Murray, what do you think the Lions could have done differently to get this series win? Personally, I thought Henderson could have been great as an impact sub, says IOR 1111
1: Yeah, there, there are many things in that. There are probably different ways that Warren Gatling could have gone with his selection. I think he decided early on how he wanted his team to look tactically, and, and to me, it actually it was picked really well in terms of the strengths of the squad. A lot of uh, focus around kicking and being aggressive in defence. Um, and he picked the big hitters, I guess, f- for that job. Um, guys like Maro Toji I actually thought there, there's one error maybe in selection that, that he should have started that first mm. test. Um, and just given more energy and, and drive to, to everything the Lions did defensively as well. But um, I guess if you're looking at, at ways they could have won it, they possibly could have been a little bit more... Um, uh, adventurous in, in their tactical kind of attacking approach. It was, it was very structured um, and they did play some nice rugby and they scored that incredible try in, in the second test which was one of the best line tries ever but um, I think maybe just being a little bit looser in their attacking um, attacking play maybe might have helped a, a little bit uh, but the point about Ian Henderson is valid. He, he was very unlucky not to, to feature maybe even off the bench. Um, I think there will be a lot of guys who go, who go home very disappointed about, about that and someone like Peter Omani who was captain in the first test and uh, ends up on, on the sidelines, watching on, not even involved in, in the second two. So, pretty, uh, pretty uh, notable kind of fall from grace for him there. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think you can be very critical of, of Gallen. I think he did approach this the way uh, the line should have in terms of the strengths of the players in the squad. And to me, I, I think it would be kind of um, unfair to, to really pick out what he did wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, that, I think that's fair enough. Um, there's a question here from EK, maybe a, a more simple question. I'm not sure if you've given it thought yet or had a chance to, but he's wondering, or she is wondering, who was your player of the tournament, or player of the tournament, player of the series?
1: Yeah, I think Sean O'Brien for me was, was right up there. Uh, it was a shame he didn't come back out for, for the second half. He, um, he's got a bit of a shoulder issue. I think he's going to go for scans, so fingers crossed for him because we saw on this tour. What a force he is when he's got a run of games, when he's fully fit. We saw him sprint faster than he has done for years over here. He was aggressive in every single aspect. Really strong ball carrying, good footwork. He even offloaded. He got some breakdown competition. Um, A really strong all-round series from him. Another guy I was really impressed with, again, was was Jonathan Davies. Um, Maybe a little bit of an unsung hero. He's kind of quiet in what he does. But you saw tonight when the Lions needed big moments, defensively particularly, he smashed Jordy Barrett twice, and um, made some really good reads in the out- outside channels, and probably shut down a lot of the all Blacks attacking uh, width without that being noticed because they didn't actually go there. He's getting up out of the line and closing off that, shutting that door. And um, so again, he was one of the one of the really impressive performances for me. But the Irish guys, the Irish guys had a good tour generally. You know, we mentioned Henderson and O'Mahony being disappointed, obviously Payne and and uh, and Henshaw as well had the, had the injury problems. But Sexton was was back somewhere near his best. And he, he had to battle to, to finish that game. I, I don't think he wants to come off and look like a pretty sore um, ankle injury they played through and then passes HIA and comes back again, um, absolutely battling through it. And, and Tyke Furlong as well, uh, really impressive over here. I think he, those who didn't know, maybe some of the Kiwis weren't fully aware of how good he is, but oh, they, by hell they are now. He, he was really good around the pitch. Um, some maybe scrummaging moments where he'll have learned from, from playing against Joe Moody an awful lot in the last few weeks. Um, But he was right up there as well. But I think if I had to pick one guy, Sean O'Brien, before that injury, it was unfortunately timed. And certainly I think the Lions would have had a better chance with him
0: still on the pitch. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to disagree with that one. I'm I'm actually going to piggyback a little bit on a question here from Pete Slattery, who asks, how did the Lions manage to come through the series with so few injuries, considering how attritional the modern game is and how brutal games against New Zealand can be? Now I should point out that there was a response to this question from somebody called Johnny who said, Murray's a journalist, Pete, not a doctor. Uh, but one of the things that is fascinating about this tour is the fact that the Lions were relatively fortunate with injuries. And I think a, a massive uh, component of the argument uh, as to the future of the Lions or whether it should be dissolved as a concept was this notion that players are under-contracted clubs, they're going away on this tour and they're coming back and they're cro- a lot of them are crocked and they're basically not able to perform for their employers and uh, even though we know the clubs are on board of the Lions it was a, a point of contention I'm wondering given the success of this tour can this debate now about the future of the Lions sort of be put to bed I think most people enjoyed it the players certainly did and it was massive in New Zealand
1: yeah like, I think I think the Lions just winning the second test kind of evaporated that, that debate really and um, there certainly needs to be adjustments made and Gallen said it straight afterwards they need more preparation time you, he wonders how good the Lions could have been with an extra couple of weeks or a little bit more exposure to the getting those coaching methods through. Um, you talk about the injuries, there still have been a few. You know, it was, um, it's interesting to think of what might happen actually if Billy Vunapola had been down here. Probably the Lions' um, number one player really before the tour. He was going to be immense down here, I think. Um, I think they wonder what might have been if he was there. And other guys like Henshaw go home and he's going to miss the start of next season. But no, it has been it has been a good tour in terms of those injuries overall. I think... The coaching staff, the SNC guys have done a really good job, and Phil Morrow, actually an Ulsterman, has been kind of in charge of that area. And They've trained at a very intense level. A lot of the players have been speaking about how uh, high tempo training has been short, snappy, so they're getting that kind of conditioning into their bodies and they're not getting those kind of uh, little niggly muscular strains over here. Um, they've been lucky as well. It's, it's pure luck when you're not getting those big impact injuries because. Like some of the hits in this series were off the charts. Uh, I'd love to see the GPS stats for, for some of those collisions. And um, but it's just luck. You, you don't get your leg caught in the in the in the ground when someone hits you. And and there's a, there's certainly an element of that. But in terms of that overall point about the lines living on, I, I think that's beyond any doubt. It's it's an incredible part of rugby, really unique part of rugby, and um, that other sports don't have. And uh, all the Kiwi players, you know, that's going to be remembered as as one of the biggest moments in their lives playing this series. And, and likewise for the Lions boys, and likewise for all the fans. It's, it's been absolutely incredible over here, the atmosphere around Auckland this weekend again. Just sensational, and, and I, I'm already looking forward to the next one in, in four years' time.
0: Yeah, big time. Uh, I think there's a lot of people in the same boat there. It was fascinating, actually, to see Kieran Reid. I mean, this was his 100th cap, and a monumental moment for him a bit of a giveaway in his post-match interview on uh, UK and Irish TV in that he described it as a defeat. And actually, I I think you might have done that yourself earlier on in this video where you were speaking from the perspective of New Zealand. So it is interesting to see how they're treating this. But I was maybe uh, a little bit taken by the fact that the Lions were were a little bit disappointed by it initially anyway, uh, certainly from what we saw on TV. Have they kind of come around to the idea that they actually did achieve something fairly magnificent here, even if they didn't win the series?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that was the impression. I think when guys immediately come off the pitch, there's always going to be that disappointment. Even another half an hour, and you meet, you meet them in the mix zone afterwards, and you're chatting to them, and it's clear they've been celebrating. A few of the boys had a bit of beer all over the shoulders from a, a bit of celebrating in the change rooms. And um, I think they're, yeah, I think they're happy with what they've done down here. It's, it's obviously not the finish they would have ideally wanted, yeah. but it is, a, it is a big achievement. I think they're, I think they're going to be pleased with that. I think Gatlin's going to be proud of what his, his side have done. I think the Kiwis probably have more right to be. Um, disappointed with it. They were the heavy favourites. Um, and we knew, I mean, we, we wrote about this in the 42, there was going to be a big question asked of their kind of mental uh, fortitude and, and their leadership in this game. And maybe they came up a little bit short there. You know, they had big chances to win the game. They didn't put it away. Uh, you know, Bowden Barrett, he was unbelievable last year, but we're seeing that there's frailties in his game, even if he is the most sensational attacking player uh, and someone you, you buy a ticket to, to go and watch because he's so good. But his place kicking is poor, and, and it was really costly um, at, at times in this series. So there, there are questions there. I think the All Blacks now know that they have a hell of a lot of improving to do with this current group. They were unlucky to, to, to miss uh, Dane Coles and Ben Smith for as well for most of the series. Those guys would have been big leaders, but I think Kieran Reed is, is probably right to be disappointed with how, how it's worked out for them, having been massive favourites. We also should mention, I, I think Kieran Reed probably should have gone for HIA. Got yeah elbow to the head at once, and the Alan wynne Jones thing. Um, Warren Gallant says he has passed. It. He passed the HIA, and I think that just underlines again that the HIA is probably not fit for purpose. Yeah. You know, it was quite clear on the video evidence, and they're supposed to remove guys when there's a suspicion of concussion. He was very wobbly after that collision, and he comes back on later in the game. I don't think that's a, um, well, I just think that's a problem for rugby. It didn't look good again tonight. And having said that, this series brings in so many new viewers. I think that kind of incident. Pride turns people off, rugby a little bit as well. So I think there's uh, a lot of work to be done in that in that regard. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, we may, we mentioned Sexton there a minute ago, and when he was being taken off for his own HIA, it was striking that he was effing and blinding on his way off the pitch. I, I guess he, he he maybe felt, you know, it's because it's me that that this is happening. It was in an obvious enough blow, but then you see. These some of these massive hits and, and it's not called upon it's not acted upon it is kind of frightening but um, on the topic of Sexton actually Murray there's a question here from Ollie Watson who was wondering what do you perceive as the difference between him and Owen Farrell as players I guess as fly halves really
1: Yeah I think we saw in the, in the like for me Johnny Sexton was kind of uh, pulled in to almost save the, the series for the Lions you know Farrell got the shot at 10 in the, in the first game and he, he didn't really impress I, I thought he was you know, obviously, incredible composure to to nail that penalty to level the game, and his, his kicking off the tee was good. But I thought he had a very poor first half here um, tonight, and and he made some big errors. You know, kicking out on the full, a knock on in the 22. Obviously, that missed chance early um, in, in the first half when the lines were, were had an overlap in the kind of far right corner, and he got picked off by by Jordy Barrett. So some big um, big moments for him maybe learning how to kind of manage a game of this magnitude. He's obviously achieved quite a lot with England, but a lot of that has been at 12. And he's been brilliant at 10 for Saracens, but it's another level up. And I thought after that first test, they just had to go with Johnny Sexton's composure and um, kind of guidance from 10. Um, so I think he's, he's certainly ahead of Farrell in that game management bracket still. Having said that, I think Farrell will, will get there eventually. He's considerably younger than, than Johnny Sexton. Um, and he's a He's a very impressive player who just had a bit of an off night tonight, aside from those penalties. I think he'll get better, but for me right now, Sexton just has more composure and uh, kind of tactical intelligence.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, There's a question here as well, actually, regarding the scrum from Shane O'Sullivan. He says that he thought uh, Crockett was driving down in the scrum that gave New Zealand the lead, but then he felt that Sinclair got the better of him after that. What did you make of that, actually? Because there there did seem to be a fairly remarkable recovery in the scrummaging stakes from uh, Sinclair, which would kind of leads you to believe that uh, shane here has a point
1: yeah i, th- I thought the penalty was, was fair enough really i thought sinker was kind of uh, off balance i thought he didn't really get his feet on, in underneath them and um i thought i thought it was an okay penalty yeah those ones are always going to be contentious and um, i mean we talk about that, that penalty right at the end but e- either one of those could have gone either way as well and and um, you know that was a, that was a big moment in the match when 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 Sinclair got pinged, but for me that was a, I, I thought it was a fair penalty.
0: Yeah, yeah, understandable. Well, Murray, we better let you go before they um, lock you in there. But uh, do you have one standout moment, one highlight uh, from a personal perspective about this tour?
1: Yeah, well, for me being then in, in Queensland at the start of this week was magic. Um, I think the players really enjoyed uh, kind of switching off a little bit and and taking in New Zealand. But uh, it was it was an amazing three days. It's such a beautiful country and I've really enjoyed every minute of it. They've been absolutely unbelievable hosts and uh, New Zealand tourism have been brilliant with us journalists uh, bringing us everywhere and showing us around the country um, and it's an amazing place. I can't wait to come back. They're not as, um, they're not as rugby mad. They, well, obviously they're rugby mad, but, but they're able to enjoy themselves, the Kiwis as well. And there's always a bit of ribbing about the, the rugby off the pitch, but absolutely amazing place. And I can't wait to come back to him here.
0: Sweet as well. We're looking forward to having you back here first anyway, Murray, but thanks a million as per usual, and we'll chat to you soon. Uh, that is all we've got time for on the Rugby Show here on the 42.ie. Last time New Zealand failed to win two consecutive tests on home soil. Uh, Viva Forever by the Spice Girls was top of the charts. Immortality indeed. But uh, yeah, I mean, we will be back. Um, I think, to be honest, still we can probably celebrate do taking home half a trophy, can't we? Right, it's, uh, it's definitely time. Uh, Yeah, have a good weekend and uh, we'll be back later in the week. Until then, take it easy.